What's going on, everybody? And thank you again for tuning into another episode here at the Buffalo Binge. We're happy to have you tag along. Graham, how are you, kid? I'm awesome, man. How are you, AY? I'm doing real good. We got a lot coming your way, Bingers. Uh, KC, tough loss. We're going to dive into that. We got a surprise cut during the week of Quentin Spain and uh, the Buffalo Bills predictions on our end, which we did not do very well uh, last week. But for the Jets game, we're going to try to get them a little closer. Thank you for being with us. And Graham, I got to ask, man. This Chiefs game, dude, uh, where, where do you stand with that? Disappointed. Disappointed. <laughs> Honestly, I'm very disappointed because I felt like coming into this game that we could hold our own against the Chiefs. Clearly, it was not so. Absolutely not. 245 rushing yards. Yeah, it's crazy. They didn't even have to throw the ball. No, they didn't. And that's mostly the nitpick that I have with this team right now. Since we're on the defense, let's just dive right into this defense for this right, game. Go, go right ahead, dude. So I'm very, very frustrated with how this defense has been playing all year. Yep. That being said, this game was the culmination of all of it. Poor pass rush, poor penetration on every play. Can't stop the run. I, I don't know what's going on with the defense. I know we've been poor against the run for years under McDermott, but the passing game too, we're ranked, what, 25th or 24th in the passing game this year? Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. It's just not looking good. They spent way too much money on this defensive front to be getting these kind of results. Exactly. And that's the one thing that like I noticed. It, I feel like we're not even blitzing when stuff gets hard. You know what I mean? Like we just keep sending four guys. Now, the the benefit of having Annette Oliver, in my opinion, on the D-line is the fact that he's very athletic. A lot of people compared him to like the body frame of Aaron Donald, but he's not going to be able to do anything like Aaron Donald without help. other people without like help. causing commotion. Somewhere. Yeah, help. Right. Especially when it's the third quarter and you're, you're just rushing four guys against Pat Mahomes all day long and it's not working. The fact that we never blitz just blew my mind, dude. I, I, I was honestly sitting there on the couch just like, blitz <laughs> like i don't even care if we get beat deep right now just blitz right we were watching the game together and i remember you going man we need some pressure we need something yeah like what What are we doing wrong graham and i'm like i don't know the, the front four is just not getting it done i don't know what's going on with the middle and what's going on at the edge it seems like mario addison will get a sack every now and again he's really our our top pass rusher this he year he literally you say? is the top yeah. pass rusher for our team but other than that the other guys just aren't carrying their end of the deal like i understand that jerry hughes has a high win rate yep but that's not producing anything mm -hmm. other players on that defensive line are not contributing either ed oliver is not really contributing harrison phillips is not contributing which is why he was benched for this game two surprise scratches healthy scratches trent murphy and harrison phillips i'm not gonna lie i was honestly surprised by both of those I haven't even gotten the full details yet as they to were why. trying to they were trying to send a message to the team. Okay. That's all it was. They were trying to send a message to the team saying, Hey, you guys need to start producing, otherwise you're gonna be a healthy scratch. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter who you are. Trent Murphy is one of the highest paid players on that defensive line exactly. if he's a healthy scratch. Yeah. That that's definitely a message sent then. I hope that something gets going there because we definitely need our defensive line to get after it. Like just collapse pockets, make the quarterback move. I mean, Pat Mahomes is a different breed. He, he can do whatever he wants inside or outside the pocket. He's just that kind of quarterback. Uh, so I can't blame him for that. It's a tough matchup, just how it is for any defense coming in here playing Josh. It's tough to game plan against that style of quarterback, but consistent pressure goes a long way. Right. And if if and you don't winning. have it, it doesn't work. And to be fair, the guys that they did replace Harrison Phillips and Trent Murphy with, I would say both had pretty good games. Brian Cox Jr. and Justin Zimmer both played pretty well. Justin Zimmer even got promoted to the active roster, yeah. which is, I think, why they cut Quentin Spain. Also, some other stuff going on with Quentin Spain. We'll get into that, though. Absolutely. I, I can't wait to dive into that, but I want to stick with the Chiefs right now. Zimmer definitely, you know, he made some plays. He, 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 he showed he, energy, he showed, you know, the motor, never gave up. 
right. He reminded me, honestly, a little bit of Kyle Williams out there. He took advantage of the opportunities that were given to him. He wasn't quitting in any play, regardless of the score or them just getting run all over during the game. Zimmer, I even noticed on a few plays, I think one of the few times we actually stopped the Chiefs in the running game, Zimmer was in on the tackle. Right. He almost caused a fumble until they overturned it and said it wasn't, which would have been a huge momentum shift for us because that's also something we're lacking in this defense that we're not used to. We're not turnovers, getting turnovers. Right. You know, like Josh Norman gets his uh, fumble against the Raiders. That was great. He, I think he recovered that Kelsey fumble also. Mm-hmm. Yep. Matt Milano has an interception and Levi Wallace has the interception. So I, we've got like four turnovers this year when we're used to seeing picks galore in Buffalo. Right. Something's going on. We obviously know that we're missing pieces in the middle with Milano being injured. And I'll tell you what, man, there is a drop off there. I, oh, I've said it before. Yes. There is a drop off. AJ Klein is not the answer in the in the coverage game mm-hmm. for sure. I actually noticed him blitzing a couple times late in the game, but that mm-hmm. was the first time I've seen a linebacker blitz like all season, I feel like. Right. I haven't really been paying too much attention to see when players are blitzing or not, but I finally noticed one and it was it actually felt pretty good. At this point in time, I think sending seven guys is like a priority. Finding different disguises. Like I just feel like the Bills look so lax. Like everybody knows where everybody's going to be. It's a soft zone. We always allow the short underneath play, which I get it. You're playing Pat Mahomes. You can throw the ball 80 yards, but it was soaking wet. They weren't going to do any real big plays unless it was just like a like a flea flicker or something just to catch you off guard. But, which we did try early in the game, which yep. I thought was cool. Yep. I thought that was pretty sweet too. But I'll tell you what, man, this defense needs to figure it out. We allowed 25 first downs, and that's just something that causes a lot of frustration. If you can't get off the field and you're constantly tired and the off, the opposing team's beating on you, we saw the frustration with our defense late in the game. Tredavious White gets a late hit. We had, we had a couple late hits at the end of the game that you could really start to tell our defense is getting frustrated. Yeah, they are, and it's kind of upsetting because I know I've been a big Big proponent of Trey White being an awesome dude, and that just was not a cool play. I don't think he should have hit that guy that way, but it is what it is, and it happened. And you know what? Trey White's still a great guy, and I'm sure he's going to bounce back. It's from that. football, you know. Yeah. It's a it's a high emotional game. Stuff like that's going to happen. At least it's not like you know the Miles Garrett thing where he's hitting people with his helmet. It's hey, you're five yards out of bounds, but I'm still going to give you an extra little shove, and you know they're going to call you for that. Uh, Sean McDermott definitely needs to figure this out, though. I remember I was talking to you on the couch. I was like, listen, man. I think Sean McDermott might have to call plays for a game and give Leslie a break. I'm not saying Leslie can't do it, but this is what happened last year. This happened last year. Uh, I think it was two years ago. It was the Chargers game, right? Where where he took over after halftime. Yeah. I just remember Sean McDermott taking the reins and Leslie just needed to like sit back and like watch Sean call a game for some reason. But Sean just brought a bunch of pressure, like in different ways. Like he would still send only four guys, but he would show like seven or eight coming up. Right. And that's, that's all I really want to see. If you watch the bills, they don't move like Tremaine Edmonds will come up right up to the center, but everybody knows Tremaine's dropping back. Like he doesn't, they don't blitz Tremaine Edmonds. They can't, tr- right. <laughs> they can't because they need him in coverage. They don't have anybody to pick up the coverage with Milano out. Right, right. So that that's what I mean. We got to get disguises going. We got to show pressure, but maybe back off, which is what we're doing. It's just the way we're doing it must not be very hard to figure out for opposing quarterbacks because the past few weeks, man, we've looked abysmal. And it's just really sad because I know we have competitors on this defense in Poyer, Hyde, Tredavious, Tremaine. I mean, they're all competitors. The the thing is, is when we got this offense, it was supposed to complement the great defense. And now it's like the whole entire ship has shifted 
and the, they're relying on the offense to win yeah, games. Yeah, I don't, it's not looking good right now. Man. I don't know if, like, at practice, the defense is just like, oh, man, this our offense is great. You know, we don't have to try as hard. Like, I, I doubt that's the case, but it makes me wonder because it's like, how do you go from being a top five defense the past two, three years to anybody can do anything? We can't stop anything. It, it's ridiculous. I mean, we have to stop people. And it's the same cast and crew of characters out there on the field for the past two, three years. I don't, I don't get it. Our biggest loss is Lorenzo Alexander. Now, if he played that big of a role in that locker room, then we do have problems because maybe he really was more of like a vocal leader than we're willing to understand. Somebody needs to step up on this defense and be that vocal leader. You are 100% right about that. That was the biggest case we made when Lorenzo retired was that are we going to be able to find another leader like that? And I know I spoke about it last episode with how beneficial it probably was for Tremaine to have that next to him out there. And now that Tremaine's got Tyrell Dotson and AJ Klein, two guys he's literally not used to playing with. Right. It, it's it's probably a struggle for the young man. Honestly, I kind of thought AJ Klein would sort of take up the reins for Lorenzo Alexander, being that leader and being a similar style player. Like we knew that Lorenzo wasn't really that great in the coverage game, but they also blitzed Lorenzo like every single play he was out there yeah. on the field. Yeah. AJ Klein, I would imagine that they would use him exactly the same way, but they're not, it looks like. Right. And injury ridden, we've we've had issues with our linebacking core all year. I have faith, though, in Sean McDermott. I think he's going to figure it out. I really do. I feel like him and Leslie are really going to sit down this week. And unfortunately, it's going to be against the Jets. So if we beat the Jets, every single news outlet's going to say, oh, well, they can't beat good teams, but they can beat bad teams. Uh, hey, a, a win is a win. Yeah. I don't really care who it's against. A win mm-hmm. is a win. It gets you one step closer to the playoffs. And once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. Anything can happen. I, I do, though. I have faith. How about you? You think they can figure this out? I have faith that they can. I'm really hoping it happens sooner than later because you can't afford to have another game like you just had. We would lose to the Jets if we played like this. Yeah, even with the Jets having nobody. Yeah, man, they basically have nobody. They just gave up Bell and like, who do you got left? You got Darnold and Crowder and Crowder's been kind of on the mend most Mm -hmm. of the year. Mims has been out for them the whole year. They're thinking about hopefully getting him back soon. I I don't know, man. If they lose to the Jets this week, I think you got to really start looking at your personnel in a deeper light. Like, okay, there's guys on this team that need to go and it's going to be week eight and that's the trade deadline and that's when you got to make a move or you got to do something to, to yeah. shake things up. I really feel like honestly, we're at that point now where you got to do something to shake things up. Maybe try to trade a guy like Trent Murphy, try to trade a guy like Jerry Hughes for a top tier pass rusher, pair it with a, uh, I don't know, a first round pick or two first round picks. You got to do something to shake things up a little bit. I think on this defensive line, if we're just going to rush four people, either the guys we have have to get the mentality that they just need to be a hundred percent all the time. There was one place specifically. I remember in like the third quarter, Mario Addison, it literally took him like two and a half seconds just to touch the offensive lineman. And I, I remember just watching him like, this is, this is our problem. Like he's, he's up in the two point position. Because for some reason they're letting Mario do that. They I've never seen a defensive end on the Bills be in a two point position other than like Aaron Schobel was like the last time I remember. Or seeing Mario Williams like yeah. when when he was with Rex. I, I I don't see that. It's usually hand in the ground, get after it type of mentality on right. the D line. So that was kind of surprising to me. But I was like, you know, this is this is the issue. It's like we shift all of our defensive linemen one way, like we're forcing the play to one side, but you can't do that to Pat Mahomes because if you give Pat Mahomes five seconds to just scramble, he's going to find somebody. You got Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Or he's going to take off and run, which yeah. is what he did in this game. Right. Anytime he was flushed out of the pocket, he just extended the play. Yeah. like I remember that play where he picked up that first down late in the game where 
he ran across the line, then ran backwards, yep. and then ran ahead again to pick up the first down. He ran around like three freaking guys. It was ridiculous, yeah. man. I don't understand what it is about players on this defense not getting around the football. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're all tentative. They're all scared of something. I don't, I don't know what it is. If they're all just confused, I, I don't know. It just looks bad right now. I mean, I guess the one thing that the defense could say is there's a lot of inexperience. There's probably more inexperience going on across this defense than we're willing to admit. Josh Norman, first year. Taron Johnson, big roles he's had to fill in for since all the injuries with Tredavious White and Josh Norman. Same thing with Cam Lewis coming up. I love Cam, but like these are guys who, yes, they've been in the system. I've, I've been preaching the system, but it's different when you're in a game. The pressure's on. These guys, Tredavious White, uh, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, they're so used to playing with each other. They don't even have to talk. Right. Like, they're just like, I know Mike is here. I know Jordan's over there. And if this happens, they're going to come up here. What whatnot. And, and to be fair, we haven't been beat deep that much. No. And they've been doing a good job in the back end for the most part. Mm-hmm. They're just not really getting any results in turnovers. They're not really causing any past deflections that could end up being a turnover right it just doesn't really look like they're doing too much out there on the field but they're just where they're supposed to be yeah and like i was getting at was you know yeah aj klein i said it before aj klein and tyrell dotson like yeah they they're professionals aj's been in the league a while but it's different when you come into a new system i know he played for sean and Carolina, but you're with Tremaine Edmonds. You're not, you've never played with them before. So that's why I like Matt Milano so much. They've been together since day one. They, they're kind of like the secondary. They know where each other's going to be on any given play if under certain circumstances. And that's why I think Matt Milano is such a key, you know, part to this, to this engine. The defense is not stopping tight ends. We can't stop the intermediate run game or pass game. It's it's tough to watch right now. Honestly, man, I think the run game comes down to the front four. Those guys aren't getting any penetration. There's not any movement on that front four. And it's causing players on the offense, the offensive line, to get to the second level to take out guys like Tremaine Edmonds, mm-hmm. Matt Milano, AJ Klein, whoever's there. Yeah, They're getting to them easier. On top of that, they got to fill bigger holes because guys aren't getting penetration. Yeah, man, I agree 100%. Obviously, Andy Reid saw something in our defense that allowed him to attack. I know you stated earlier, most rushing attempts uh, in a single game for Andy Reid and his coaching staff, they ran the ball 46 times and they could. I mean, it's it was just frustrating to watch at the fact that no matter what anybody's done the past three weeks, this defense just cannot stop anything. Every team, I feel like, is averaging like 10 yards of play. Yeah, it's crazy, man. And it's just hard because... I know that we were talking about it being circumstance for like the first five weeks. Yeah. It's it's safe to say it's not anymore. Not anymore. The, the run game is bad. The pass game is bad. It's it's just not looking good. This next man up mentality is kind of like hitting a wall right now, man. We got to. And that's where I'm getting at. Sean McDermott's going to figure this out. I, I honestly believe that he's a defensive minded coach. He's going to get the point across to his players, hopefully by benching uh, Trent Murphy and Harrison Phillips for a healthy scratch last week really did send a message, but in the game, it didn't look like it. And I know it was wet and people were slipping everywhere and whatever, but the Chiefs showed up, they played and they whooped our ass. That's the bottom line. I mean, let's be fair. It's not all the defense's fault here on, on this game. No, it's not. I know that we just took a while bashing the defense, and it's not all their fault. Well, it's a two-way street, man. It's a, you got you got two other avenues going on there. You got the offense and special teams. Andre Roberts is doing all he can. Obviously, it's it's hard to return kicks, but he does. He I think I think Andre Roberts still has it in him, man. I I think he's got it in him to take one to the house for sure, but he's not really getting a lot of help. No, he's not. And Josh Allen, like I said earlier, kind of struggled in this game. Uh- Kind of is a little bit of an understatement. I think he started out the game like one of nine oh, or was, two of yeah. nine, something bad. You could tell that the weather was 
affecting oh, him. The yeah, ball on, the, was fir- on everywhere. the first drive when they went three and out, yeah, the ball yeah. slipped out of his hand once, and then he missed somebody. And it, it, let's offense, let's yeah. let's be fair, the offense was bad in this game. I have been a huge Josh Allen supporter for a few years now, and in my personal life with you, mm-hmm. and he just did not look good this week at all. I don't know what it was, if it was the weather, if it was a lack of sleep. He just looked kind of lethargic for most mm-hmm. of the game again. Yeah, 14 to 2722 yards, only a 4.5 average, two touchdowns and an interception late in the game to Sorensen. Uh, he also had eight rushes. Looked like Brian Dayball was trying to implement that QB run again in this game. Uh, and that's probably weather permitted. Devin Singletary not looking too shabby this game. 10 carries, 32 yards. And that that's something that's I'm starting to question that. I, I have full faith in the Buffalo Bills. I'm not going to, I believe in everything they do. I understand this is the NFL on any given Sunday. Some crazy stuff can happen and it's not always going to be rainbows and butterflies and sunshine, but Buffalo is a running town. When it comes winter up here, we're going to need to have the running game established and have our, our big boys up front, have that mentality. Like I'm moving you three yards back every play. There's nothing you're going to do about it. I love the fact that we've got the weapons to be able to spread stuff out and throw. I do. I love it. It's something I'm not used to, but I'm missing the running game right now. Right. Uh, Well, I agree with you. And I also kind of thought that the running game was going to be used to help spread things out or vice versa, that spreading things out was going to help with the run game. And clearly it hasn't been the case the whole year. Mm -hmm. With that being said, Feliciano being out, is that playing like the biggest role you think in this running game not being successful? Because I I really am starting to think that it is. It it could be. That could be a huge reason why. But we've been shaking our offensive lineup every game. Every game, it's been all it's been different. Except I would say the past two weeks has probably been the same. But ever since Brian Winters got here, we haven't seen like a very consistent offensive line. I and I don't know if it's Brian Winters, if it's moving Cody Ford to the left side. Something just seems a little off with our front five. So it, it's either the camaraderie there, because that's the one thing that we preach. We're like, oh man, we got Quentin Spain coming back. Cody Ford. We got all of our starters. Ty Insecki still there is our swing tackle. All of a sudden, first game, Daryl Williams is in. Cody Ford's at left guard. Brian Winters at right guard. And, and it was just all shook up. I'm like, what the heck? I haven't really seen Ty Insecki play that much this year. Have you? No, I haven't. Ever since they got Daryl Williams, they must really like Daryl Williams because he's been starting at right tackle all year. Honestly, Daryl Williams hasn't been really doing a bad job other than his false starts. Yeah, he gets he, a he, lot of those. He hasn't been called for very many penalties other than that. He seems like he's holding his own over there at right tackle. Yeah, I is. think that's why they're just letting him play. And a lot of people speculated Cody Ford would end up a guard anyway just because because of, of his size. size. Yep. So he's a big boy. I, I have full faith in Cody Ford wherever they put him. He's a great, terrific athlete. And uh, I was proud of him last year for being able to step into that right tackle position. But I think home is interior for him. I agree with you on that. I'm just a little concerned about <laughs> his longevity. Obviously, he's hurt right now. He's already been ruled out for Sunday's game against the Jets, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because I like Cody Ford. I think he's a big part of that offensive line. And we just cut Quentin Spain. Yeah, we did. So... I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know if they're going to activate Feliciano. I guess they have until 4.30 today to activate him. Okay. And then if they don't, they have to wait until Tuesday next week. Was the word on the street that he is healthy and he's ready to go? I I guess he's been practicing. Okay. Well, that's a good sign then because John Feliciano, I know, you, like you said, you're a huge fan of him. He brings a tenacious attitude to this offensive line. I think that's part of what's been missing. Yeah. That that dog in him. That edge, that <laughs> yeah. extra edge that comes like kind of like when we had Richie Incognito here. Like he was crazy. The dude was a lunatic, and you could tell. 
obviously the guy in his personal life is super nuts too. Yeah. But yeah. he brought that out onto the football field with him and he was nuts. He was nuts. But Feliciano's got the same beast in him, just not like outside of football. Right. <laughs> right. And all, and everybody loves him. Everybody on the team loves him. Uh so I hope that he does come back ready to go. Cause we could use you, John. We need we need to get our run game going. Motor could use you. Cause honestly, I don't want to rely on Josh Allen every game. I really don't. We I, shouldn't have to. I love Josh. And I mean it's proven now. We just watched a $500 million man hand the ball off 46 times. Well, 36 times. Uh, they didn't feel the need that Pat needed to win the game for him. No. They, they relied on the rest of their team with the rain coming down. Everybody knew it was hard to throw the ball. Like They didn't need to rely on Pat Mahomes to win the game. And that's how I want to feel. Honestly, man, I felt like in this game watching it, that the Chiefs could have relied on Mahomes or they could have relied on the run game to beat us. It, it wouldn't have mattered. Either right. either way, we were losing that game the way that they were playing and holding on to the ball. Mm-hmm. I know with the defense, I stated that you could tell the frustration was kicking in. The one thing I the, the one knock I have for the offense in the penalty area, not necessarily late hits or anything, but Steph Diggs walking back when we're trying just to get anything going and then got called for an illegal formation because he was literally walking back. I got nothing against you, Diggs. I got nothing. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, this is the drama thing because it's not. I understand that you're frustrated. He might not have really known what was going on, but if you turn around and your whole team is at the line of scrimmage, you better start running. Like Something else is you got to get ready to go. Well, it's just that that thing that everybody is taught from their from the time that they're a little kid to the time they're done playing is that you hustle everywhere on the field. You hustle to your spot and you get ready to go. It's just the little things, man. It is the little thing. The little things add up. Penalties killed us two weeks ago. Uh, this game, it just looked like we were all out of whack. It, it Like I said, we probably could have had a perfect week of practice, but it didn't look like it was going to matter. Something just happened in this game that our mentality wasn't there. Honestly, man, I don't know if it's the scheduling issue, and I don't want to blame it on that. I really don't because I don't want to make excuses for losing a game against a good team. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the scheduling with the Titans stuff coming into this Chiefs game and not really knowing who you're going to play before that and just being all confused for like a couple weeks, I think that we're going to be back on track now that things are not going to be changing, hopefully. Well, the thing is, is the Chiefs also had to deal with that, man. And good teams find a way to win in bad circumstances. And that's that's what we need here in Buffalo. I'm just happy we got off to a quick 4-0 start. Because it allows us to get punched in the mouth a couple times to wake up. You know, like this, honestly, the Bills can only go up from here. It's been garbage for the past two weeks. Everybody knows it. They'll even admit it. They, but they're all still confident in one another and what they can do. I'm going to call it growing pains. I'm not going to call yeah. it garbage. I'm going to, I'm going to say that they're growing pains. This team is learning still how to communicate with each other because a lot of new faces this year. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more, buddy. That's, that's, that's a better way to put it. I, I'll be there with you. <laughs> Good. I'm glad I got somebody so, on my side. The Chiefs game is coming gone. It's it's a wash, Buffalo. It's a wash. Let's just let it go. We got the Jets in week seven. Before we dive into that, though, we've mentioned his name a couple times now. Quentin Spain let go. And honestly, it's probably one of the biggest surprise cuts I've seen in the past few years since McBean's taken over here in Buffalo. Uh, usually they're very, you know, straight to their word and everything else. And we've talked about it on this show, Graham. We got a hometown discount on this guy. Didn't allow a sack last year. And to start the season, he's benched. I, I really don't know what's going on with Quentin Spain. Why they benched him in the first place. I guess they weren't really happy with his play. Mm-hmm. That being said, Brandon Bean likes Quentin Spain a lot. Said that there was no ill will towards him or either side. I, I don't know if he was full of himself when he said that because it seems like Quentin Spain's pretty upset about being let go. Quentin Spain's got words, dude. Yeah, he, he's he's very upset about being let go because he gave us that hometown discount. Yeah. This is where he wanted to be. Yep. But 
Brandon Bean basically just said we wanted to give him an opportunity somewhere else in the NFL to to start. Right, which he should start. Like I said, no sacks allowed last year. That's a huge feat to pass in on, in the NFL as an offensive lineman. Uh, but he did come out, man. He came out. He said, if only they knew the real story. And then he deleted the tweet, but a reporter picked it up and screenshotted it before he could delete it. Right. So obviously there is something going on behind the curtains. I don't think it's uh, anything personal. Like you said earlier in the show, Graham, I mean, Zimmer really performed. He had six tackles in this game. He had a couple for a loss. Maybe it was just a cap situation. I I don't know, man. I don't know how you look at Quentin Spain being the expendable guy in that situation to sign a guy like Justin Zimmer. I, I really don't, especially when Cody Ford's hurt. Brian Winters seems like he is kind of hit or miss every other play. You're having a little bit of problems on that offensive line, and you have a guy like Quentin Spain who knows this offense, played really well last year, mm-hmm. sitting on your bench, right? And you're just letting him go. Like I, I don't really understand. Like you couldn't even trade him. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really understand the move. I understand giving Justin Zimmer his shot on the team, but why not cut a different guy on that defensive line that's right. been struggling? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, man. And maybe there is something going on behind the scenes. We don't know. Maybe Quentin Spain has spoke up one too many times or talked badly to the coaches because he's not starting. Who knows? There could be a lot of stuff going on. But the Buffalo Bills, since having Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, have been pretty hush hush in that locker room. Not not a lot of stuff gets out, so we'll probably never know the full truth but brandon bean's just gonna tell you hey i have no ill will let's just let him play somewhere else he deserves it so he's leaving him with good graces but i'm sure behind the scenes there's a little bit more going on there hope the best for you quentin i love the fact that you came here on a hometown discount i know graham you were ecstatic about that too yeah and uh you know appreciate everything you did here in buffalo i know josh allen loved having you in front of him uh last year let's dive right into the jets game though week seven graham we got to win this game yeah we do it's a big one this it to me this is this could potentially be a trap game against I, a bad team yeah division it is. rival it is you know like what what do you uh what are, what are your keys to this victory like what do you what do you think we got to do what's got to change what can we look forward to man well the jets are a depleted offense so i want to see that defense step up and really shut down Darnold and whoever he's got mm-hmm. because I don't care who's out there on the field. You need to shut this team down. Yeah. Period. You need to make a statement that this defense hasn't been as bad as what it looks like right now. It needs to be back into that top five defense form. And that's it, man. That's that's all it's got to be. Yeah. I would say Jamison Crowder is the only piece he really has left. Like you stated earlier, Le'Veon Bell gone. Kansas City Chief. You know, thank God. But we'll see him again in the AFC East final. I, I believe that we'll see him in the Chiefs. I would say Jamison Crowder is probably the only piece he has left, dude. Like <laughs> in the past couple of games, he's played Buffalo. He's put up over 100 yards with six to 12 catches. I mean, he's they get him the ball. That, that's like the only piece they have that can move the chains. Yeah, right now. man, it's crazy. That team is just a dumpster fire, but it's it's a trap game. Like you said, this this is the game coming off a bad loss to the Chiefs. You need to bounce back strong. Absolutely. So, so far, we already have a few injuries labeled out. Uh, by the time you hear this, it's going to be Saturday. So we found this out on Friday. Uh, so why don't you tell them who we don't have suiting up? So Dawson Knox, uh, John Brown, Cody Ford, and Tyrell Dotson are all listed for out along with Josh Norman. That's going to be, that's a headache right there. Man. Well, not to mention Trey White and Cam Lewis are both questionable right now. So our secondary is looking a little thin at the moment. Our defense is looking. If Dodson's out, who the hell is going to play? Medikavich? You got to, right? Like who Who's going to get these snaps? Because Delshawn Del, Del Phillips has been out. Well, you got Deion Lacey, who they signed from the practice squad. Right, right. You got AJ Klein and you got Tremaine Edmonds. Those are your three healthy linebackers. Yeah. And Medikavich. So you can't just... 
play Edmonds and Klein every single snap. I no. mean, Edmonds is out there pretty much every single snap yeah. anyways, but Klein, I don't think AJ Klein can do that anymore. Yeah. And like you said, uh, Tredavious White dealing with a lingering back injury. He's, you know, I'm glad he put out last week, which he did fine against Tyreek Hill. Tyreek didn't really torch us, so he looked like he was healthy enough to take care of that. To be fair, he really didn't have to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but the the loss of Brown, I feel like we've we've spoken about that in the past. That's a big guy that, you know, really stretches the field for us and opens up the under game for Cole Beasley and Steph Diggs. That's a guy I'm looking forward to seeing back on the field whenever he's healthy because he just does. Uh, he, he gives the offense a different dynamic. The guy that I'm most concerned about being out is Cody Ford. Who, yeah. Who, yeah, who are you putting at left guard? You got like Bodker, uh, Ty Seki, and that's about it as your backups. If I had to pick one, Graham, I'm probably going to say Bates, Ryan Bates. He was the guy we acquired last year from the uh, Eagles. I totally forgot about Ryan Bates. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm going to go with Ryan Bates there, man. He w- he's been like that dude that can kind of play every single position on the offensive line. We've used him everywhere when needed. Well, when Cody Ford went down, they put in like Bodker in, mm-hmm. the, in the Chiefs game. So that's why I'm saying it's going to be Bodker. But man, uh, that's a big loss on the offensive line. It is, especially when we're trying to establish a run game to help Josh Allen out. Like, yes, Josh Allen's got a cannon. He torched the Jets his first game when he threw the ball 46 times for 312 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, he absolutely took off in that game against the Jets. And we were always we were excited, like, holy crap, man, this guy just threw the ball almost 50 times a game. Yeah, but I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm you know what? I'm fine with it if the run game is showing some kind of results, but obviously it's not. I need to see more from the run game also this week. I know that you're asking about keys to this week's game, the run game, the pass game. We just need this offense to bounce back. It needs to come back into form like it was earlier in the season. I want to see Zach Moss like just run straight. That's it. I don't want to see him run off the edges. We got Zach Moss for the ground and pound game. Let, let's do what like the Raiders did to us. Let's do what the Chiefs did to us. Let's run at a team all day long. Let's get them tired. Let's test their stamina. Let's get into the fourth quarter so that we can set up play actions and hit them for a surprise bomb. or And get them frustrated. Let's get them pissed, man. Let's, let's smash mouth football up here in Buffalo. I know this game's going to be in New Jersey, but dang, man. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, dang, I want I want a smash mouth game from Buffalo. Like, I, I get we got all these wide receivers. We can still get them the ball and their touches. I mean, we could still throw the ball 15 times and get John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Steph Diggs five receptions, but run the ball 30 times. <laughs> I don't know about 30, but I'd like to see them run the ball more than 15 times with their running backs in a game. Yeah. Because that's what they did against the Chiefs. I understand that we were playing behind for part of that game, but I want to see the run game take off this week. Yeah, and I don't want to see him using Josh Allen. Last time we came around with the Jets, he ran for 14 times, 56 yards. Along with two fumbles. Along with two fumbles. So I want to see Mr. Business, Zach Moss. I've been pumped that he's been on the team ever since draft day. Let's get him involved here. Let's get him some ground and pound carries let's get Devin Singletary open in the in the swing routes and you know let's let him do his thing on the outside because he's a great runner he's got great vision uh I've been I've been happy to watch him every single week it's a great show honestly man I kind of want to see Devin Singletary more involved in the passing game yeah a little yeah. bit our wide receivers obviously took off against the Jets last last time we came around them too uh all three together Diggs Brown and Beasley had 18 catches for 214 yards that's a day yeah so but we're without Brown I think Davis is going to step yep. in real nicely against yep. this this defense because the Jets defense let's be honest their secondary sucks yeah but They're- you want to know what's what's strange about that statement though Graham is that the Jets defense is better in both passing and rushing 
than the Buffalo Bills coming into this game. Well, the Buffalo Bills defense is just bad. We've yeah. established that. The, the Jets come in 23rd in pass defense and 20 in rush defense, while the Bills sit at 25 in the rush and 24 in the pass. I mean, the Jets, they've always been pretty solid at the run game, the past few years at least. But yep. like you said, it's a dumpster fire over there. They they got rid of Le'Veon Bell. Uh, they're shopping Quinn and Williams. It's something weird going on there. Gase just, he, he's he got a... I wonder how soon it's going to be until... <laughs> They fire Adam Gase. I hope that they never fire Adam Gase because we will just keep destroying yes. the Jets as long as Adam Gase is there. Well, that's the thing. You know, we we pull up all these yards. Josh Allen has a day. The wide receivers have a day. Everything went nice against the Jets, but we only beat him by 10 points. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we want to show dominance, we got to be dominant. You got to you gotta put teams like the Jets right now with no Le'Veon Bell, an unhealthy Sam Darnold, a wide receiver core that's got nobody but Crowder, and a defense that lost Jamal Adams. CJ Mosley, you got to put these guys down. Like when I say dominate, I want to see the Jets with like zero to three points at the end of this. Yeah, I agree with you, man. And that's what we said coming into week one against the Jets. Yeah, exact same predictions. We wanted to see that. Obviously, we didn't. But this time it's more important. It they, is. They need to show that they can be a dominant force in all facets of the game against a really, really, really bad team. I want to see the defense win this game. Personally, I, I love watching Steph Diggs go off. I love watching everybody go off on the offense. It's it's nice. But I want to see Jordan Poyer come up and lick somebody. I want to see Micah Hyde just jump six feet in the air and get an interception for a pick six. I want to see the defense take over this game. Yeah, I agree with you 100% on that, man. So matchups for this game, realistically, there aren't any. Our defensive line needs to step up and show that they can get some penetration, show that they can perform even against a bad team. I know that they got Mekhi Becton, who's their star left tackle that they just drafted. He's been playing pretty well this year. I want to see Jerry Hughes just beat him every play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Turn him inside out. Yeah, I would say my keys to this game is going to be limit the tight end. Uh, they hit Christopher Herndon quite a bit in week one, six times, I believe. And uh, we got to just shut down Jamison Crowder. Let's give uh, Sam Darnold nowhere to go. If he wants to run, let him run. Let Tremaine Edmonds smack him. And uh, let's let's set the tone for this game. The key to this game is defense must set the tone for me. Third quarter is huge. We've had an issue with it all year long. We need to come out in the third quarter, all pistons firing and ready to go. This is a game. It's a must win. I, I uh, two weeks ago, I ate my word saying it's a it's a no brainer. The Bills beat the Titans, but God damn it, I'm going to say it again. This is a no brainer. The Bills have to beat the Jets. The Bills will beat the Jets. It has to happen. Agreed. Has to happen. Agreed. Hundred percent. That being said, I want to get into some predictions. All right. I want to know from you right now. Score prediction. Score prediction. I'm hoping that this is a 21 nothing game. Okay. Okay. So you want it low scoring from the offense? Yes. I want the offense to bounce back. I want them to get back into that 30 average. I want to see a 35 to 7 game. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be realistic. I think this defense is bad. My score prediction for the game is going to be 35 to 14. 35 to 14? 35 to 7 is what I'm hoping for. Right. But 35 right. 14 is what I'm seeing. Okay. All right, man. How about how many sacks are we getting? Do you think our defense is going to get after Sam Darnold in this game, or are we just going to be, you know, hey, go ahead, dude, throw the ball? It's okay. I'm thinking <laughs> I'm thinking that Sean McDermott has really taken it out on the defense this week during practice. I'm thinking four sacks. That's exactly what I was going to say, dude. Four sacks. I think we're getting after you, Sam Darnold, so you better run for your life. And uh, how about receivers? Do you think uh, Steph Diggs, Cole Beasley, 
and Gabe Davis, if Brown is out, are going to put up the kind of numbers we saw in week one? Yeah, I, I think Gabe Davis is going to have a career game. I'm thinking 120 yards, two touchdowns from Gabe Davis. Oh, my God. Yep, I think Stephon Diggs is going over 100 yards, and I think Beasley's having 10 catches. Dude, if you call that Gabe Davis prediction right now, I will literally buy you whatever ice cream you want for the rest of the year. I don't want ice cream. What do you want? Cash money, homie. Cash money. Well, you better put it into the Vegas bid poll, baby, because I ain't giving you listen, that. Listen, we are going to have a bet right now <laughs> of $50 on who's going to have the most receiving yards at the end of the year. I know who you're picking, and I know who I'm picking. What do you mean? Dude, Stefan Diggs leads the AFC. I take back my bet. <laughs> that would man i should have t- i should have just shut up and said yeah digs dude like what <laughs> i knew you were gonna pick him. yeah i was gonna pick him we throw to him 10 times a game pretty much so yeah hey if you guys want to see a bet on this show send us your ideas for bets and i will bet ay the best idea that's out there yeah so get your bets in there i want i want to win some money off my boy graham over here because his luck isn't very good when it comes to gambling no it's not but hey if you guys can help me out get me like a money bet i would just appreciate it so much much. Times are hard, man. <laughs> Good luck does not follow Graham, but I'll tell you what, when he gets it, he strikes gold. Hopefully it's not against me. We love your feedback here at the Buffalo Bench. Thank you for giving it to us on the Facebook page. Graham, I got to say, dude, you're killing it on there. I don't I don't really ever uh, take the reins in that, guys. That's all Graham. Graham's doing a great job. Make sure you're hitting him up. I, I think he deserves a, a nice pat on the back. Good yeah, job, I'm trying. I, just, I would love for more people to reach out. I've been getting a lot of consistent people reaching out to me, telling me their ideas and their mm-hmm. predictions. And we've been using some of that on the show. Haven't really been giving them enough shout outs. So Max Hartnett, Ryan Irons, you guys have been great. Been awesome talking to you guys again. As always, guys, make sure you're hitting up that Instagram page at Woodbine underscore sports. Make sure you guys are liking and sharing the podcast on the Buffalo Binge page. Have everybody see it. Friends, family, anybody. Just share it. And I think we're going to start doing a little giveaway every now and then for people that are sharing the podcast yeah graham's got to win that bet so he can start doing that for you so make sure you give him a good one so he can give you the shirt that you just helped him win (laughs) but yes as always tune into woodbine sports yeah and also if you have any crazy giants fans make sure you're tuned in to the giants allergy with our boy greg and his buddy diego they're doing a great job over there but stay safe drink responsibly come sunday let's hope we can get a win here against the jets in week seven we have some good news to talk to you on monday stay tuned and as always binge on